The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Well, hello, everybody. It is so exciting to be doing this radio show now by radio, but also with video. It allows me to see my guests, and it allows you to go on YouTube later and watch the video. Just wonderful use of technology. And do we have a special guest for you today? I'm going to read a little bio first. Renowned Yardbirds drummer Jim McCarty is recognized worldwide for the innovative drumming style he introduced in the 1960s on top 10 hits such as For Your Love and Heart Full of Soul and many more. After the Yardbirds, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1992. Jim formed a number of successful bands over the next 25 years and released three solo albums of his own songs. So why is a man with this kind of background on Messages of Hope? You are about to find out because, as we all know, we all have our own story and it contains many sub-stories. And uh, Jim's had a, a real turn in his life, but it, it resulted from a lifelong dive, I would say, into the metaphysical. So let's dive into your story by welcoming you to the show, Jim. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's a great honor. Hey, so right away, everybody knows we have a British accent here. And uh, actually, you're in France now, aren't you? Yes, I, I, I've been living in France for around about 20 years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to hear a little bit about what it was like to be a, a drummer with the Yardbirds and part of that whole crazy era of rock and roll in the 60s. We won't spend a whole lot of time, but I, I want to hear it from your point of view. Well, I'd say it, 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 it was very fast, it was very hectic, and it, it was a bit of a roller coaster, you know, it was a, very much up and down. Um, having the hits was great, but then you had to 
worked very hard and you, you didn't know where you were. And, uh, you know, you were in a hotel room, you didn't know where it was, it could have been anywhere. And it, it was it was pretty mad, you know, and it, it was like, um, I guess we were only together about five years, and but that was like a whole life in the, in that five years. There was some, you know, so much going on, incredible. Wow, and you wrote a a book about that time. Do you want to tell us about that book? Yes, I did. I, I did a, a whole book called uh, Nobody Told Me, which is basically my autobiography. Uh, with another guy called Dave Thompson, who's a, an English guy who lives in America. And uh, he's a real rock and roll writer, you know, he's written loads of rock books. And uh, so he, he was great to work with because we got on really well. And uh, it, it's basically my whole life uh, concentrating a lot on the Yardbirds because that's what people wanted to hear about, you know, all the, all the guitar players and all the hits and everything else yeah well here's a picture that that those who are listening on radio can't uh, appreciate but i'm looking at it and, and it's it's you at what age i i reckon i'm sort of about 22 23 something like that right this is the cover of your book nobody told me but today we're talking about the book that this is this photo that i'm looking at now is in on the last page of and this is your latest book called She yeah. Walks in Beauty. Quite a yeah. turn from that other book. What is this one about? Well, that's really, uh, I decided to do that one because I, I went through the uh, the passing of my wife, Lizzie, last year. And uh, I, I, I set out on a, on a journey, really, to look into what had happened to her. You know, um, it, it, it didn't seem that she could just disappear into thin air and that was it so I wanted to um, really investigate what where, where she could be and uh, how I could communicate with her if possible because we always said she said before she passed you know oh how, how can we communicate uh, and so um, it, it was a whole journey and I thought you know very interesting and uh, I thought it was good to, to tell people um, you know, I was motivated to uh, uh, to write about it. Also with Dave Thompson, who came on board as a surprise because I didn't think he'd be at all interested in this subject. And he loved it, you know. It was one of those, um, you know, coincidences. I suddenly got an email from him. He said, how are you doing? And I called him up and told him about the idea. And... Um, he said, oh, yeah, I'm really into that. I'm so excited. I'm going to start right away. <laughs> I find that all the time in my work. You, you, we make assumptions that people we know aren't into metaphysics and spirituality, the, the afterlife or the everlife, as my guides call it. And then once you start the discussion, they, they come alive. I know. It's amazing. And, and actually, what, what happened was um, I, I tried to do uh, have a, a, a medium session with you because you had a very long waiting list and apparently you'd recommended somebody called Colleen Smith um, so I, I went to her and I had a couple of sessions with her and then during the session she said oh I, I, I've got Lizzie here and she you know she, she thinks it's a good idea if you do a blog Could you, why don't you write a blog about all these things that have happened to you and and you know what's happened between you and her since she passed and uh 
So it really came from her, this idea. I love that. I hear that a lot from those in spirit where they know that their loved ones are writing a book or they encourage them to do that. Well, I'm glad you followed up on it because the book is great. But it's not just about the time since Lizzie passed. Let's go back to your childhood and talk about how your interest in the world beyond and metaphysics started yes. at an early age. Yes, I, 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 was always, I was always very interested. I mean, I had a pretty, pretty rough childhood, to be honest. Um, my parents didn't really get on. There was always a weird atmosphere between them, and they argued. And uh, my father used to drink quite a lot as well, you know, as a sort of an outlet. Uh, so it was, it was pretty tough, you know, being in that atmosphere all the time. Sure. And the only sort of religious thing that happened was that I went to Sunday school, and uh, it was in a Baptist church. And I always remember when they had these baptism ceremonies, I used to get quite uh, overwhelmed and I used to get a strange feeling in my stomach. But I guess it was in my, you know, my uh, solar plexus. And I used to tell my mum, oh, I I saw this ceremony and I got this funny feeling in my stomach. What would that be? Of course, she didn't didn't really know what what I was talking about. But... um, yeah, it was difficult. But um, another thing I did when I, I suppose I was around about 10, uh, I noticed that I was, uh, when I was on my own, particularly when I was in my bedroom, I found that I was uh, like self-aware. I, I was aware that I was uh, thinking of something or I was looking at myself from outside huh. uh, at a very young age. You know, it's almost like a, something that, the Buddhists would talk about now, you know, uh, and I just did it spontaneously. So I don't know where that that came from at all. Did you have any interaction at all with any loved ones who had passed, or any awareness that there is an afterlife? Uh, no, I didn't really. I didn't really think about it, to be honest, very much. Uh, I was I was very upset when my uh, grandmother, my mother's mother, passed. But I never thought, um, I mean, I sort of went through a sort of a grieving. Um, I guess I was a young, uh, probably in, in the early teens or something by, by then. Um, but I, I, I didn't really think much about contacting or anything like that. It wasn't in part of my, you know, my thoughts. It wasn't in my, my mind. Okay, so how about then in the in the '60s when you're off touring with the the Yardbirds around? I know you toured around the United States and keeping very busy. Did you have any time for spirituality, metaphysics, and any unusual experiences? Well, yes, actually, um, myself and the singer who was a guy called Keith Ralph, and he, he actually died in the '70s in a, um, a sort of tragic accident. Uh, but we were very friendly and we used to share a room together and we of course we used to talk about all this stuff it was a sort of way of release i guess, I guess from the pressure of touring uh-huh. and we'd talk about all strange things and you know we'd talk about atlantis and uh, uh, and psychic stuff and ufos and all all this stuff and we you know we got i mean we were quite um we were quite sober i mean we weren't really drugged <laughs> 
but but I did <clears throat> I did have a bad experience um, on on LSD. Uh, I took some LSD at one time, um, and we were playing in the Fillmore or somewhere like that in San Francisco. And this guy appears, and he's like a a, a biker, you know, a leather jacketed biker. Mm -hmm. But like somebody called Owsley, he was a professor, and he made all the LSD on the West Coast. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and of course, he would appear. I guess he went to all the rock concerts and met all the bands and gave them all this stuff, you know. Uh, and I, I I'd sort of read up about it. I read some Timothy Leary books and you know, the, uh, the Tibetan Book of the Dead and all that stuff. And I was quite interested in it, but I, w I wasn't expecting what, what happened. You know, I, uh, I had, you know, had a really bad time. Just I remember reading about this in your book and you and it affected you for quite a while negatively. Yes, I, 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 uh, I came back to England after a tour and I, I was very, found I was very depressed. You know, and it went on for a long time, it went on for, you know, quite a few months and actually I couldn't I couldn't even work at one point wow. um, you know the band had to get another drummer for a few dates and I had to join a tour later on and I, I was in quite a state uh, and I think that gradually propelled me into uh, a sort of a spiritual healing journey um, Tell us about that. you know I used to go uh, finally after you know, I, I, I'm starting to get a bit better. And I finally went to somewhere called the White Eagle Lodge. Have you ever heard about that? It's, I uh, have heard about that through my studies with the, the Arthur Finley College and the spiritualism path. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's an English um, a, a, an English group of people. It's a family, actually. They're all, they're, they're all related. But they follow the teachings of, um, you know, White Eagle, who was a native Indian. And they did healing services, and uh, I used to go, go and get healing, and I uh, ended up being in one of the healing groups. And we used to uh, sit in groups of six, and we'd, we'd go through names of people that needed healing, and we'd, uh, we'd send colours to you know various chakras. Somebody worked out what these people needed, and apparently... You know, they always said, oh, this is a scientific thing. This is not sort of, you know, airy-fairy. This is, this is something that actually does work. And the feedback from, from the people that get the healing is always very good. And, uh, and I, I guess it worked on me, too. So you were but, definitely diving into this years and years ago. So yeah. fast forward, tell us a little bit about Lizzie and how you met. Okay, well, we we met at a, a, an alternative uh, centre in Malvern, uh, which is in the west of uh, west of England, uh, near near Worcester, uh, and it was interesting. It was um, it was like an, a, a centre that was created by four different families, um, and um, the, the leader really was was somebody called uh, Tony Neat. And he was involved in a group called the Atlanteans. Uh, you know, it's sort of a, a theosophical group of uh, people. And he used to channel. He channeled somebody called H.A. that was uh, apparently uh, uh, an entity that had never lived. 
So this sounds like real woo-woo stuff for the decade in which you were doing this. That's right. But 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 we actually met uh, Lizzie and I met there because she she was working as an art director in a gallery, uh, uh, the Listen Gallery in London, um, and she was um, under quite a lot of pressure. You know, she was um, quite pressurised in her job, and uh, she used to go to this centre to get some healing, get a massage. You know, go. And, uh, they had a a tank there, you know, an immersion tank where you relax. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> he used to go there and I used to go because um, I think I went, yes, I went because I heard about Tony and I eventually went to him for some counselling because I was in a in a difficult relationship and uh, and then we met we met one night um, uh, in Tony's, uh, Tony's house. And then it went from there. <laughs> Very good. Okay. So, unfortunately, Lizzie's no longer in physical form, but uh, the, the, the main reason we love to have you on the show today is because you found her. So, <laughs> did, with your shared background and going to this healing center, you, ha you are of like mind as far as uh, alternative realities. She passed of cancer, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Yes. So, Tell me about any discussions you had before she passed about, uh, did you talk about what you would, might ex what she might expect and about communications afterwards? Uh, we talked a little about it, but it was sort of, <coughs> it was a bit <clears throat> taboo, I, I think, because we all, you know, uh, um, we both never gave up. Okay, yeah, I get it. So, you know, um, and we're, we're, um, Somebody, a, a nurse, came to see her because she was treated in the home, uh, and nurses came looking after her every day. And one of the nurses came and said, "Well, you know, you're not going to live. Hmm. Um, you know, and I'm telling you something a doctor wouldn't tell you. Um, you know." <laughs> um, and she said, "Well, um, you know, I, I don't have to take that on board. I mean, there was always the thought that there might be a miracle." <clears throat> you know, and we she worked very hard on alternative treatments and uh, you know all sorts of things, and she spent quite a lot of money actually. The, the people, uh, her relatives and friends, were very generous, and they gave her money, um, which she spent on various treatments, and uh, but nothing seemed to stop it. It was uh, very very aggressive. Yeah, I know that was challenging, and yet. You dove right in in the midst of your grief after she passed to doing your best to find her. Yes, yes. I uh, I, I think what, what set it up for me was um, uh, not long after she, she'd passed, um, a, a couple of people that she knew, a couple of girlfriends, um, dreamt about her. And they said, oh, she, she, you know, she's fine. She looked great and she was very happy. And um, when, when she was still alive, we, we used to go for walks in this little village, which is quite near near here where I live, right up in the hills. And there's a little cafe there. And, uh, you know, we used to go up there quite a lot. Um, probably every week we go and walk around in, in the nature. And um, 
we were uh, after she passed i went up to the cafe and i, I saw the woman that, that, that owned the cafe before because he got taken over there was a french woman probably you know in her 60s and she always used to get to lizzie because um, uh, lizzie spoke quite good french and uh th this woman uh, catherine she said to me oh um she said uh, oh funny she said you know a couple of weeks ago i i I saw you two walking, like I normally do, and um, she was very happy, huh. and you were in tears. And and then she said, when I went into work, they, they said she she died. Wow. <laughs> so I thought, wow. Um, so I thought she. So there you were walking, crying, missing her, and this woman literally <laughs> saw her walking beside you, which I know happens. Yes. Yes, yes. I'm quite happy. I mean, you know. So I thought, well, she must be. She must. She she's been seen, so she must be present in some form. So I I started to look at, um, you know, YouTube, near death experiences, and I I I, I followed you because uh, um, somebody used to send me your daily wave messages, which I. I signed up for now, um, and I, they always helped me. And I thought, oh, you know, this is there's something here that's helping me. Your, your um, path is very familiar to so many people listening to this show because, you know, we're, we're a little interested in the metaphysical, but then when somebody passes, we just have to know. And you earlier in the show, you said that you you just suddenly knew that the spirit that is your Lizzie couldn't just disappear and that's how I felt when my stepdaughter Susan passed and, yeah. and I know that's what so many people listening feel the same thing yes and I found um, on YouTube I found Evan Alexander who, who had a great story to tell and I mean he was a you know, a brain surgeon or something, wasn't he? And he was yes, saying, a neuros oh, neurosurgeon who had a near-death experience. Yes, had a near-death experience, and he spoke about it. And he said, well, his brain was dead. His brain was dead, but he was having this experience, which was wonderful, and he, he recounts it. And, uh, and he said, so, you know, that consciousness is not about the brain. This is something else. Um, which is, you know, most of us don't know that. <laughs> and it's just stunning that most of us don't know that because I spent much of the morning reading a book about consciousness and survival of consciousness, and the evidence has been around for over a hundred years. It, it, <laughs> every every culture in the world knows this, and it's just that this scientific revolution that we've gone through denies what the evidence is showing us. And I feel we're coming around now and books like yours add to the volume of knowledge. So it's great. Mm -hmm. it's, all, it's all sort of suppressed knowledge, isn't it? I don't know what it is. We're, we're sort of in a very narrow uh, pathway in our lives. Most, yeah. of the, most of the people anyway. Yeah. So I, I came to know Lizzie when I did a reading for you, but we're going to wait until after the break to talk about that. What was your first personal contact with her, whether through a medium or your own individual experience? Share that with us. Um, yeah, my first contact, uh, <laughs> well, 
Well, I probably wasn't aware of it because I, I, kept, I, I, I saw a lot more birds than I normally do. And, and I have a terrace, I have a, a terrace here, and these birds started coming into the terrace. Huh. Um, and butterflies. So, you know, I, I wasn't really aware, but I thought something's a bit different. You know, I haven't noticed them before. And uh, lots of magpies I noticed. Uh, and uh, actually then it, it sort of warmed up the more I, I found out, you know. And when I did your, you, you had a course on Zoom, and of course, it it it, um, it started. About, I think it started about nine o'clock here in the evening, and then I I saw that after the first one, you know, uh, which was like finished about eleven o'clock, I, I went in the bathroom to clean my teeth, and the lights flashed. <laughs> oh, right after your first course with me, right the first session. It's oh, never done. Never good done one, Never done it. <laughs> Uh, do you, but did we talk about signs and synchronicities in that first lesson so that you ascribed it to her? Do you knew that she was trying to get a message through to you, or would or would you did you, you were just more attuned then? I, I just I, yeah I just gradually got more more attuned I think I don't remember what the first uh, episode was now but um, I know it's a, it was a it was a great course. I really enjoyed it, and uh, it did it did help me a lot, you know, to tune it. I mean, it's a sort of a tuning, a fine tuning, isn't it? It is, because that ability is here to notice our loved ones, and the thing about signs and the birds that start coming is when you can connect that with your loved one because they're pinging your heart, like pay attention, and there's this pull, this nudge to notice these things. So a lot of people say they're not getting signs when, in fact, they just don't know what to look for. So you started to notice. Yes, and and the feathers, you know, lots of feathers. Uh, that's interesting, you know, finding feathers on the floor and feathers in different places. I don't know where they come from. <laughs> but uh, uh, and a medium did say, oh, she, she leaves feathers for you. So uh, very interesting. Have you collected those? I I put them down back with a photo there behind me, so oh. it's a little fine there. <laughs> nice, nice. And how about through mediums? I know you said you had a couple of sessions with Colleen Smith, who's wonderful. Yes, I, I, and I had the I had the session with you. Um, I I think I did a couple more. Yes, I mentioned a couple more, and they were all. It was all very. They were all very accurate in describing her you know it's all always the same nothing went very far away and so i gradually started to believe it get stronger and stronger um and some of the grief started to 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 go away it's it helped me a lot yeah that's the, that's the whole point isn't it it's not just to show the continuity of consciousness it's to show that she the title of your book again, She Walks in Beauty. She walks beside you still. Yes, 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 yes. And, and she, she seems to communicate. It's always something very funny, you know. I was, it makes me laugh because uh, uh, we, we used to have a, a thing between us. We think sometimes we call each other funny, you know. We'd have a thing about bunnies with cards and uh, cards with rabbits on and things. 
Well, you know what, you know what, Jim? We're about to go to a break, so you're going to have to tell us what, what kind of sign she got through to you through the bunny after the break. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The Voice of an Awakening World. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. So welcome back, everybody. We're here with Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Jim McCarty, drummer with the Yardbirds and many other groups over the years, who's now talking to us about how he has reunited with his love, Lizzie, who passed from cancer only about 18 months ago. Isn't that right, Jim? Yeah, in June, June of last year. And you were just talking before the break about how these efforts you made to connect with her and the awareness you came to that she's still with you helped the grief to rise, to lift. You were talking about some instance of with a bunny. What was that about? Well, they're, they're always very, they, <laughs> they always seem to be very amusing things because we laughed about bunnies. We had, we had a thing about rabbits, you know, and we had bunny cars and we used to call each other bunnies sometimes. <laughs> I mean, between the two of us, you know. Uh, and one day I was out driving, driving just near here, and suddenly I saw these two two rabbits, and it was so funny seeing, you know, I've never seen two rabbits running. They were sort of running into the road. I don't know where they came from, but very, very funny. Did you have? You may have felt her presence then, but. How about just presence overall? Certainly we're thinking about our loved ones and the rabbits would raise nice memories, but let's talk about the actual feeling of your wife's presence after she passed. What's that been like? Yes, I, it's uh, it's very interesting. It's um, uh, something where where, she, where I could almost choose. Now I don't have to do the ritual because I, I did do the bless me method. And, you know, and just for anybody who's new to my work, that's the seven-step method that I teach for connecting with loved ones and higher consciousness. And so uh, from what I'm inferring, it worked for you, but then, then you no longer need it, which is the goal, of course. That's right, yeah. And so um, uh, I, I can sort of tune in, tune into her, and I, almost I can get a thought, you know, about oh, what should I do here, or what should I do there, or, you know, advice you know because really she uh, i used to rely on her quite a lot you know and you still can yes yes i want to share i was uh, going back through your book uh this morning and there's just this really great moment here about uh you say i decided to commune with lizzie every day and write down anything she told me 
These things would vary from day to day, but most of the time I would get a strong feeling that she was there with me and that she was happy. So you say one time you were about to watch soccer on the TV and she said there would be a message there for you. I would love if you share that with everybody. That's really funny. Yeah, I know. And because uh, the, the bedroom is on a lower level, this house is on different, quite four levels or whatever. So the, the, the TV is up on this level in the bedroom. And I, I normally uh, communicate with her in the, in the bedroom. And she, she, she said, oh, there's a message for you coming on the soccer. So uh, I, I thought, soccer? What are you talking about? You know, how can there be a spiritual message on the football? <laughs> and I switched it on and, and Liverpool were playing. And of course, all their fans that they have the song, you know, you'll never walk alone. You know, and I thought, there you go. There you go. So it, it, that might have just flown by over somebody's head right there. I want to just put it again into just repeat what happened is she said there's a message for you in the soccer game. You went downstairs, turned it on. Liverpool was playing. They always have songs they play and on comes the song. You'll never walk alone. Yeah, that, that's their song. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a perfect message for you, isn't it? And for all of us. It really is, really is. Yeah. Lovely. And then let's see. You say, say, I think the thing that most impressed me, however, came the evening I was planning to call our tour manager. Oh, yes. That in, Los, in Los Angeles. Yes. Yes. There was a, a woman called Mariah that works for us uh, who lives in, in Los Angeles. Um, I don't, I can't remember exactly where, but. Um, and I, uh, you know, I had to call her about something, and I did your your trick about, oh, you know, oh, Lizzie, tell me something about Mariah that I don't know. Yeah, let's pause there for a second because that's something <laughs> I teach everybody. So he, everybody who's listening now, what Jim did was use that perfect tool to say, look, Lizzie, I know I'm talking to you, and I'm about to talk to Mariah. So tell me something about Mariah I don't know. And then Mariah will be able to validate it. I just, you're a good student, you know that? <laughs> you, you really apply the <laughs> yes, things. Yes. That's right. And she, um, um, anyway, uh, she, she, oh, she, yeah, she, uh, I got the impression of a skipping rope. A skipping rope. Okay. When I, uh, a skipping rope. And I thought, okay. <laughs> skipping rope I'll, uh... you, know, you know everybody that you know jumping rope little girls use jump ropes jump we call them jump ropes in the united states yeah, uh, jump, yeah probably it's different different word but um anyway i was talking to mariah about whatever wherever it was i you know i had to call her about and uh, then i i sort of said to her uh, oh by the way mariah do, do you do ever do skipping at all she said skipping you know skipping oh no i used to do that when i was a little girl <laughs> Um, and then she, she thought about it and then I, no, I said something about, I said, oh, Lizzie said something about a skipping rope, um, to me just now. Uh, and she sort of thought about it and then she said, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a big, um, I'm a big fan of Salvador Dali, the artist. And, uh, she said, in fact, I've done a, a homage to, to Salvador Dali because, he, you know, he used to do um, 
these paintings and he used to put Alice in Wonderland in the painting. And Alice was normally skipping with the skipping rope. So she said, I've done a homage myself and I've made this homage and it's right behind me on the wall. Oh. And then, <laughs> and she said, there's a skipping rope in it. So she sent me the, uh, with the picture, it was amazing. I mean, it was so And, and here it is, uh, for those of you who want to go to YouTube and watch this interview, there's the picture right in his book, She Walks in Beauty, of this homage to Dali that Mariah made with a girl and a jumping rope. That's right. I yeah. mean, you get an A-plus, Jim, for that <laughs> one. And so does Lizzie. we got to give her most of the credit, right? Yes. Oh, yes, it's all her. I mean, it's all her. Uh, and that's been incredible. There was another thing about uh, what I was trying to think of before, was that she, when she wrote down, uh, she wrote in a little book before she died and about where she wanted her ashes. And she wanted her ashes put in a, a place on the coast here that we used to go to. About, it's about an hour and a half drive. And it's a lovely uh, garden. It's a big uh, sort of tropical garden, a beautiful place, right on the on the sea. So, she she we always talked about where we wanted our ashes or where she, you know, and there was a particular spot. And um, and she said, oh, I'd like it, you know, I'd like you to to go there, and and I like some uh, jasmine put down with the ashes. Hmm. So. So, so yeah, fine. She was written it, she'd written it down. Anyway, I decided to go with a, with a friend because she wanted some people from England to come, but they couldn't come because of the all the lockdown stuff. So I decided to go with a friend who uh, who uh, who's a shiatsu practitioner that treated her while she was alive. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I was talking to her and I said, uh, you know, oh, I'm I'm going to. Um, you know, I'm going to go with this man, Kater, uh, who's going to go with me and put your ashes down. Uh, if that's a yes, give me a sign. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so anyway, um, I, I thought, you know, I, I waited for a bit. Now I had to go and call somebody, first of all, and then I went back down. And I was looking down on the floor, and, the, and I thought, what, what is that on the floor? there's some sort of flower and there, there was some jasmine on the floor jasmine flower in your house yes whoa on 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 the floor by where i was sitting uh, communicating with her <clears throat> and, and there it was i couldn't believe it here's the jasmine how, how on earth did it get there oh that's <laughs> good one. lizzie's a strong one boy that's called an apport when something comes that has no reason to be there yeah. yeah, 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 that that, that was something, you know, that, <clears throat> so she's quite good at it. <laughs> so you, you asked for a non-specific sign, just give me a sign that this is what yes. you've done, and boy, you know, that's unequivocal, yeah. very, very clear, that's a yes, all right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Beautiful, good job. Nope. Huh. Went as to her uh, instructions. Yeah, wow. So I want to talk about... Uh, doing a reading for you. Um, first of all, I had heard a little bit about you because you struck up an email conversation with my uh, wonderful assistant, Lynette. She schedules radio shows and she schedules my readings. How did that come about? The, the, you, you, two, you and she sending emails back and forth. 
I, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember. <clears throat> I started talking to her, and I always got a nice, very nice feeling <clears throat> from her uh, emails when she wrote back. And I think I told her I, uh, I would, I'd been in the Yardbirds, and I think yeah. it, she she recognised that or something. And then she said, "Oh, you, oh, you, so you've done pretty well, you know, you you've made a mark in, in the life or something, something or other." She said, and then we 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 used to talk. And she used to tell me about her husband as well. Who passed, yeah. 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 So you two had this commonality of both having a spouse who had passed and you coming to know that there's more and that Lizzie's still with you and that that's a nice kinship. And, and I remember she said to me at one point, I'm, I'm, I'm sending emails back and forth. There's a guy in your class who used to be a drummer with the Yardbirds and he's, <laughs> he's a famous musician. And I said, well, that's pretty cool. It's the last person I would expect to be in my mediumship class and reading the Daily Way messages. And uh, so I, I believe she said you were on my waiting list for reading. So uh, I don't know, how long ago was it I did your reading? Maybe six months ago now? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. So yeah. all I know, Lynette schedules everything. She puts it on the calendar and she knows I don't want to know anything about the people I'm reading for. And so all I have is a reading for Jim. Now, how many Jims are there in the world, right? It could be Jim anybody. And so you come on the screen, just like I'm looking at you on Zoom right now, but you were in a different room because I can see guitars in the background here, but there, yeah. were, there was nothing to indicate you were a musician on the screen, yeah. it was just you in a nondescript room. So yeah. I feel it was such a gift that I didn't know who you are. And I didn't know that you wanted to hear from your wife because going into that reading blind, I just scanned the field for whoever's here. In fact, you didn't identify yourself as who you are. You didn't say you've been talking to Lynette. It's just, good morning, Jim. Are you ready to do this reading? And we just dove right in. So I said, we'll welcome anybody who shows up. Sound good? And you said yes. And so I remember we tuned into your mother and father and spent a good deal of time with them, right? Yeah. And that was the first time ever that, 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 that they've been contacted. First time I'd ever heard from them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I didn't know that. I just, to me, it's pretty normal to tune into people's parents and, uh, how accurate, you already described earlier in the show, the relationship you had with your parents, things about them that made your childhood tough. Did any of that come through or what, if you want to share it here, came through? Yeah, because I remember you said something about, oh, there's a, I can hear air raid sirens going. Oh. And there were, I mean, we, I, I was born during the war, you know, and there were bom bombings in that, where we lived. I remember, I got goosebumps now. I completely forgot about that. I could hear those air raid sirens and knew you had been present when they went off. That was a first. I, that's incredible. In fact, there was, a, there was a, a whole block that was completely flattened. There was a pub, a, a public house on the next block on, on one Saturday night, and it was full of people. Yeah. And that certainly was a memory that your parents brought back. And, and I know that they had some important messages for you, and that's why they pushed their way in. So again, uh, sometimes it's good to know who somebody wants to hear from. We zero right in on them. But if I had zeroed in on Lizzie from the beginning, if I had known you had a wife who passed or who you were, we would have gone right there. And human, uh, our human nature causes us to 
assume certain things. If I had known you were a musician, that would have come up. So I remember you said later that you heard some things from your parents that you needed to hear. So I found that. Yeah. Yes, it was very nice. There was a lot of love. I mean, they were, they would give me a lot of love, uh, which I, I, I hadn't experienced when I was a little boy, you know. Yeah. I think the picture changes when you cross the veil, trust me, but they did paint themselves the way they were that you recognized them. So then all of a sudden, now we're tuned into Lizzie, and I sense that she had passed from cancer. And I remember she was bringing up music, and she showed me you playing a guitar and writing songs for her. <laughs> yes, and that's I. Right. That's another place where I knew that if I had known you're this famous drummer, I wouldn't yeah. have been able to no, no. hear her talking about the guitar. I would have only kept drum in my mind. Yes, yes, because I, I, I write, write songs and sing as well. You know, that's another side to, to what I do. And she loved all that. She loved that side of it. Which is what she brought up, which is so cool. So cool. <laughs> wow. Anything else you remember about that reading or you want to share or readings in general, how healing they've been? Well, I remember, yeah, I remember you said, oh, you were very firm. You said, I want to hear that song and I send it to you. <laughs> That's right. I said, she says you wrote a song and I want to hear it. And you were embarrassed because it was pretty rough and not yeah. polished at the time. And I still haven't finished it. So uh, I, I'm trying to get somebody to do the arrangement on it so, so it'll be finished. And you you'll hear it in its in its best best nature, I hope. <laughs> well, we all look forward to that. You gotta get it yeah. on out there for the public. Yeah. Well, I'm also glad that I didn't know at the time that I would end up in a book. This happens sometimes when I do readings and then the reading ends up in the book because the person's writing one. So I'm I'm especially grateful from my point of view of, of wanting people to know how real mediumship is that we had a great connection with her. Yes, yes. Well, it, well, you you you've done a lot. I mean, you you did a lot. To, you know, I did a lot of uh, stuff with you, the workshops and the monthly mentoring. I'm in. I'm in for, for this month as well. Okay. <laughs> well, we're all learning together, Jim. All of us. It just yeah. never, never ends. So, tell us what you're learning most of all since her passing on this journey. Well, it, yes, it's a. It's a big thing. I mean, it's obviously uh, because I, I, we, we always thought that I was going to go first. I'm uh, 18 years older than, than she than she is, or she was. And, um, uh, you know, that, that obviously I, I have to do something or other. <laughs> you know, I've got things to do. Uh, and I've got, I, I guess I've got to... Uh, improve myself or you know go up the scale or whatever uh, and um, I've been following Rob Schwartz as well who has this uh, 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 thing about divine virtues that you know you can uh, you can use in your life uh, if you lose somebody sometimes it, it's a way of going forward and uh, you know things like trust and Actually, with me, it's uh, he says one of them is self-referencing, um, and of course, I used to rely on Lizzie so much for, for you know to do things, and uh, especially being in France because she 
she she spoke much better France uh, French than me, and she did all the you know the French admin and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've had all that, and uh, so it's a it's a big big learning process for me, big big learning curve, and a, a big expansion, you know, a, a big expansion of consciousness for me. So what do you mean by that? Des- describe your yourself and your awareness before Lizzie's passing and now. Well, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm aware now. So, much, you know, you talk a lot about connection, you know, being all connected and uh, the network going on and all that stuff. And I'm aware that's so much more important. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, everything is so much bigger than, than I had thought before, you know, so much in terms of network and connection and uh, so much we don't we don't know as well uh you know it was it was a bit of a shock obviously first of all because i i didn't know where to go but things things are gradually unwinding and and expanding for me uh in a good way you know in a positive way yeah absolutely can't be any other way when you start down this path and you start connecting across the veil of regularly carrying on a, a relationship with Lizzie in a different way, but clearly you are maintaining that relationship. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, uh, you know, actually the, the word I was going to say, it's, rev- it's a revelation, huh. you know, a revelation. Um, well, you know, one of the most beautiful messages that came through in your reading and that the messages are always as significant if not more than the evidence that our loved ones show us that they're here is the message about how she feels about you and in fact you have a picture of that in your book do you remember the message that was so- <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yes it, in fact it's over there it's over there on the wall uh, I love you to the moon and back. Is that the one you're talking That's about? That's the one. I mean, here she is giving us evidence. And I said, well, your wife just said, I love you to the moon and back. And you said, I have a card with that on it. Did she give it to you or you give it to her? I, I think I gave it to her, actually. Yeah. yeah. And here That's... on the video, I'm showing this. Here's the picture of that card in yeah, the that... book. So... That's... Just, I mean, a beautiful message with inherently in it this amazing evidence that, of course, she knows about that. And you have it on the yeah. wall, and it sure was not visible during the reading, except yeah. to Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was amazing. That, that was pretty, uh, pretty good, that one, wasn't it? Picking yeah. that up. Yeah. I love that message from her. And, yeah. Yeah. And now she loves you from the spirit world and back, just as all of our loved ones do, which is just... Hey. So it's a it's an ongoing uh, adventure, the whole thing. It is a real, a real adventure. So how do you keep your relationship with her alive now? Well, I, I, I you know, I'm regularly talking. I have a, I have a, I have a sort of regular uh, uh, time when I meditate and, and and sit there. And I have a book. You know, I write down, I write down any anything that comes up and any advice and. All the things that she might want to say, you know, or ask her, does she have anything to tell me or anything to say about anything? It's very interesting. You know, I keep, it's good to be uh, disciplined about it. You are a prize student. I'm very proud of you. Gold star. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
<laughs> so here we go from this book with you as a 22-year-old rocker. You know, nobody told me to now. She walks in beauty, my quest for the bigger picture. Tell us about the title. Uh, she Walks in Beauty is a, a, a poem by uh, Lord Byron. and I, I, I actually did a musical version one time a few years ago. Uh, I, I did make it into a song, but I, I haven't really said much about that. Um, but it just it just seemed very apt, you know. She she walks in beauty, which she which she does, you know. She always she loved beauty, and we always used to walk in beautiful places when we were together. And uh, the quest for the bigger picture, obviously, is you know what, what's going on, you know what how, how is she still around, and, and uh, you know where is she, and where where has she been, and what form is she in, and all that, all those questions are still, are still, are still there. Are you, and how satisfied are you with the answers you're personally receiving through personal experience? Yeah, yes, good, good. I mean, I need, I, I, I need to, uh, you know, I need to evolve all the time. I think to to keep up with it. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it's very subtle, as you know. It's all very. It's not like they're going to appear. I've never actually seen her appear. but uh, Well, I haven't either. We can hold out that hope, right? If she can make Jasmine show up and uh, Feathers show up in your house. Uh, yes. Hope there. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. your songs are taking on a little bit more of a spiritual tone, deeper lyrics, huh? Yes. Well, I, I, I always wanted to write about something a bit more, a bit deeper. Um, bit more interesting than just a uh, you know a love a love song or or uh, you know a blues song or whatever uh, I, I always tried to do that and I, I've written quite a lot of songs uh, in that in that uh, you know file yeah. and uh, yeah I, I think they would they, they will get more and more interesting I mean I've got to get working a bit <laughs> Well, we have just one minute to go in the show. The time's gone way too fast, Jim. It's, it's fascinating talking with you. But what's the most important thing you've learned since Lizzie passed? I think the most important thing is that uh, consciousness lives on, you know, and it's, it is something separate from the from the brain. It's not, it's not all part of our body at all. It's you know, it's something that. Well, it's obviously in the body, but it it, it does live on, and, and we all live on. You know? and it sounds as if you have no doubt anymore. No, I don't. I don't have the doubt. There's no real finality or finality to, to dying. It's, that's that's not the way at all. That's right. Well, I just encourage everybody to read "She Walks in Beauty." It's a beautiful book with a, a great backstory and a profound message for all of us and I so thank you for coming on the show and thank you thank you very much it's been great all right been a pleasure bye bye everybody we'll see you next week thank you for listening this is unity online radio the voice of an awakening world.
Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.